Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Today we are continuing our short series of episode replays while we take a fall break. Last week we reshared the episode, You Want to Coach for Equity? Start here. And today we're replaying the perfect companion episode, How to Coach Strong Emotions. If you want to be a transformational coach, and if you want to coach for equity, you need to be able to coach emotions. And at this time of year, there are often lots of big emotions circulating around. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, folks, today I've got an episode from you of the kind that we call Behind the Design, where I'm going to describe to you what I do in a coaching conversation and why. And today I'm going to be focusing on how to coach teachers who might be experiencing strong emotions when you are at the beginning of a coaching relationship, just starting to get to know them, perhaps going back into the school year, you might be encountering teachers who are experiencing strong emotions. And I want to share some strategies and pull back my thinking on why I say and do what I do. So if you are looking for additional strategies on how to coach teachers around emotions, and particularly when you are witnessing a lot of emotions, this episode will help you. Before we dive in, I want to quickly thank friend of the podcast, Brisa H.P. from California. Brisa, your support makes this show possible. To learn more about becoming a friend of the podcast, please check out the link in the show notes for this episode. All right, let's jump into it. So if you are lucky, then hopefully you will get feedback from folks that you've coached years after you coached them. I have gotten lots of affirmative, positive feedback on my coaching. And just like when old students would come and visit me, I'm so grateful to hear how my former coachees or clients are doing, how my students were doing as well and um, to reconnect with them. One of the things that folks who I've coached say to me over and over and over when they are offering those affirmative reflections is, Elena, you just listened to me really well. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes... I feel like I want to be acknowledged for the great questions that I asked or maybe some advice that I gave or a suggestion or an activity I led them through. Sometimes I feel like, really, all you remember or what you remember most strongly is that I listened to you really well. And then almost immediately, I feel humbled by that appreciation because listening to someone really well is an incalculable gift. It's an unmeasurable gift. Listening is hard. 
I have lately been thinking about what skills to work on with coaches who are more experienced with folks who have had a number of years of trainings. Like what are the skills to continue building to work on? What are the new skills? And I came back to, wait, we need to go back to listening. We need to work on listening again and again and again. I have been coaching for almost 18 years now, and I am still working to refine my listening skills because it is hard. And so when those former clients come back to me and they say, you know, I worked with you during a difficult period in my career and you listened to me so well, I humbly accept that gratitude and acknowledge it as the skill set we all need to be working on. So this is my first suggestion for you. When you are encountering a client with strong emotions, I would almost say in any coaching situation, first, refine your listening. Practice your listening. Think about how you're listening. Pay attention to how you're listening. Give your client space to talk. Just give them more and more space and time to talk. And yes, sometimes that does mean you need to be able to craft a good question to get them to talk. But sometimes it is as simple as tell me more. In the beginning of the 2021-22 school year, I anticipate that you will be meeting with teachers or whomever you coach who may be experiencing a lot of emotions. And I'm saying that around this school year because we are still in a very uncertain, difficult time. And we're also in a time when, yes, certain things are getting better and we are resuming some normalcy. And yet we have not fully processed the last 18 months. And that is going to take years, maybe decades. However, I think that lots of us want to kind of be back to normal and not have to keep reflecting on the pandemic or the sheltering it in place or all of that, right? Or all the loss or the grief or the anxiety. Many of us are kind of like, okay, let's go on. Let's get back to this. We got to recuperate a lot of learning for these kids and so on. So I think there's going to be layers of emotion that may manifest in ways that we don't expect, in teachers getting perhaps more upset than you would expect around certain things. There's also a lot of changes that have happened and that are happening that are connected to the pandemic and connected to other things that are going on. Perhaps districts that have a new or renewed commitment to racial equity, Perhaps other changes that have to do with budgets or finances or just personnel changes. So many people have left their jobs or changed their jobs in the last year and a half. There's a lot of change we're stepping into. Everyone needs and deserves space to reflect and process and talk and be listened to. Now, here's something you need to know about listening and the beginning of a coaching relationship. 
which is in the beginning of a coaching relationship, you really need to be focusing on building trust, building relationship and building trust. You can do that by listening, by actively listening, by ensuring that your client knows you're listening, and that can be by paraphrasing. It can be by affirming things that they say. That will build trust. In the beginning of a coaching relationship, when you first start meeting with someone new, you might need to be aware of any tendencies that you have to kind of want to rush into things and tackle certain challenges. You might need to hold back on the desire to set goals or determine your work plan. Don't rush things. Trust the process. Build relationship and listen and listen and allow the folks that you are getting to know to process any emotions that come up, I encourage you to listen to the previous episodes in which I talk about coaching emotions more. I did an episode on using ACE, which is a specific tool for coaching emotions. One other thing you may need to be mindful of or do that's related to not rushing into things is Notice your own tendency to want to fix things or offer advice. I know this is an issue for me still. There are many times when someone I'm coaching will describe a situation and I'm listening to them and I'm thinking, oh, you could try this. You could do that. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. I've got this idea. I can do that. And my mind is literally spinning with things that I want to give them to try to fix their situation or fix them. And yes, I might have some great ideas and some great resources and lots of, you know, experience and wisdom and all of that. And people need and deserve space to process it all and talk about it all. And then they need and deserve the invitation to decide which direction to go in or what to tackle. And they deserve to have my confidence that they can figure out some of the answers to their problems. In those moments when a client feels overwhelmed, In some ways, what they need more than anything is for someone to believe in them and believe that they can solve their problems because a lot of the time they can. And yet in that moment of overwhelm, almost at the root of the problem is that they have forgotten their own power. They've forgotten their ability to figure out their issues. And so if in those moments I jump in with offerings and solutions, and sometimes I do, sometimes I make what in retrospect to me feels like a mistake, and that just happens. And then I try to be compassionate to myself and say, yep, that happened. Okay, come on back. Trust your client. They know themselves better than anyone. They know their situation. 
At some point, you might offer a suggestion, a resource, a tidbit of wisdom, but especially at first, let them talk through their situation. Ask questions like, what would be most helpful for us to dig into? Where do you want to focus this conversation? Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Paraphrase. Doing all of that again sends a, a, a message, perhaps unconsciously or subconsciously, to someone that you trust them, that you don't need to be the one providing all the answers. It is useful to define, perhaps for yourself with an individual person, define what is it that they might say that would lead you to offering that specific strategy or resource or tidbit of wisdom. Like what does someone say that's, that in your mind then makes you think, okay, now is the time. And again, as I said, that might be different given each person, but it's useful to think about and see if you can come up with that criteria. I tend to try to wait and wait and wait to give people that chance to identify the next steps for themselves. But sometimes someone will say to me, I just really need a suggestion. I really need to give you to give me some advice. I really need, when they ask like that, sometimes I will say, okay, I'm going to, I will. I want to just give you a few more minutes to sort through this for yourself. Or sometimes I will just say, you know, it sounds like this is a situation in which you need to have a direct conversation with your principal because you have all these doubts and questions and worries. And it seems like many of those could be resolved if you set up a check-in and had that direct conversation. How does that sound to you? I'll invite their feedback on my suggestion. Or I'll say something like, well, you know, take it or leave it, but you could try. I kind of offer something with a little bit more of a like, yeah, leave it if you want. But when you are working with folks who are experiencing a storm of emotions, and that can show up differently, by the way. Sometimes people's storm of emotions is very visible and audible. Sometimes when people are experiencing a storm of emotions, they actually shut down. They withdraw. So underneath, there might be a storm going on, but you may not see that. So that's something for you to hone your ability to recognize is what does it look like when someone's having a lot of emotions? What does that specific client, when you're getting to know someone and they are experiencing strong emotions, the number one coaching strategy to use is listening, deep, active listening, expansive listening. Start there, end there, and see where that takes you. Folks, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take two minutes to rate and review it so that more people will join our community of listeners. And also, if you are someone who coaches and you haven't attended my Art of Coaching workshop, I really encourage you to do so. 
We offer a training almost every month, and I would love to see you there. In the show notes, you'll find links to learn more about everything else that has been mentioned in this show. Take care, everyone.